0: Welcome into the official Guru Nation Fantasy Bowl podcast. I got my guy Miguel on here with me today. Uh, How are we doing, man?
1: Doing great, man. How are you?
0: Doing good, doing good. It's a good day. Um, We are here to talk about an interesting topic that was discussed uh, yesterday a bit in the forum about rookie picks. And um, I thought there was a good conversation going on there, and I feel like it's something that, should be talked about a little more and i wanted to moving miguel on to kind of help us really d- decipher and understand how much are these picks worth why are they worth this much how are they worth in terms of veterans to rookie picks um i just think all these topics are really interesting conversation starters and things that we should just be talking about a little bit more
1: yeah absolutely great conversation
0: 100 percent so Yesterday this this whole thing started with a Keenan Allen trade. Um I ended up trading four first round picks for Keenan Allen and everything and just being blown up in Matrix saying that AK got raped, AK got this, that, that. But at the end of the day, like we don't know what these picks are. And they're four first round picks. Two are in 2020. Two are in twenty twenty one and we and the thing the thing is we don't know where these picks are. So I just want to like hear your perspective from what, what do you think about this trade at first glance, and what do you think that these picks could end up becoming for me and my team?
1: I think at first glance, it's a little jarring when you see four first-round picks go. Um, so from the perspective of quantity, I can see why people are like, oh, my God, this is crazy. Um, but when you look at the terms of the value that he gave you, Know it it makes sense, right? So, you got nothing in this year to help build your team, so you have no 2019 picks coming your way, so you've got to wait a full what almost 18 months before you even get to sniff what your first 2020s are even going to give you. Mm Um, and then you got another year on top of that before you get your 2021s and they even see their first little bit of field action, so you've got a long time to wait. and, and with every year, just like the NFL, with every year you go out, the value of that pick goes down, right? Like, uh-huh. the value of a 2019 first is probably, um, you know, you're know, you going to have to pay more, you know, in 2020s to get that 2019. You know, if you want, like, a second round 2019 is probably worth a 2021, something like uh-huh. that, right? Just like the NFL does it. So, if you're setting out 2021s, I mean... Those aren't worth all that much because we just don't even know what that class is right now. Unless you're really digging into like these high school kids that are going in or that new freshman class that just arrived at all these colleges. But, <coughs> I mean, let's take a look at this class, for instance. Everyone thought this was going to be the next 2014 wide receiver class. Did it turn into that, Dalton?
0: It hasn't yet. It looks like there's some <laughs> good wide receivers, but um, definitely not on par with that class.
1: Yeah, based on everyone's assessment, this class is far from that class. So, you know, a year ago, everyone thought this was what this class was going to be. We get here now, we realize it's not. There's no elite-level talent at the top. You know, you don't have a Saquon Barkley, you don't have a Zeke Elliott. Um, you know, Mike Evans was, was kind of the top wide receiver, I think, in 2014 coming out. And then you had Odell Beckham. Um, I think from Dynasty Rookie perspective, I believe Mike Evans went went earlier than, than OBJ did. Um, and, and you're just not getting that this year. You haven't killed Harry who looks good. Um, he looks like he's the best of the bunch, but even the NFL isn't really valuing him all that high as they're giving him at most a second round grade right now. Maybe he sneaks into the late first. We'll see anything can happen. But as of today, most mocks have him going in the early second and that puts him in Juju Smith's Schuster territory, which isn't terrible, but if the best wide receiver in this class is only getting a second round value, that tells you something about the NFL. Like, sure, teams screw up draft picks all the time, but the NFL does a good job of valuing these players in terms of what they should be valued at, and you have to listen to that. Um, so there's a lot of things you've got to take into account when you're, when you're looking at these rookie picks, and you have to look at the strength of the class that's coming in uh, as well as kind of where you're at, but, I mean... Like I said, it was was four first-round picks, so quantity-wise, definitely a lot. He probably could have done it for three, and that would have been fine. Um, But the fact that it's going to take you years to even see value before he even begins really paying that back, and Mm -hmm. we see the fruits of what this trade ends up being, you know, that's fine. If he's in a win-now window, you know, he gets two, three years of Keenan Allen production before... even starts paying you Mm
0: -hmm. yeah it's almost it's almost like a a loan a bank a bank gives you a loan and then you collect interest or value on it based on the time that you have to wait for it so the fact that i'm having to wait for these picks the 2020 picks like you said 18 months these these 2021 picks two and a half years until i'm actually able to even pick these players and then i have to wait another couple years before these guys are even able to produce on a team so time time is an asset in dynasty that i feel like isn't talked about it much and i know you mentioned it like hey if you have a 2019 second it's probably worth a 2020 first because the fact that you have to wait on that asset and wait on that time there so how much is like a 2021 first compared to a 2019 pick like if you have a 2019 first is that equivalent to 2 2021 first because of the time that you're waiting there like like we're, yeah, we're... I, would,
1: I would say so. Absolutely, I'd give up a 2019 for two 2021s. Like if someone came to me with that, and you know, I was in the position to deal that away, yeah. Like that, that's where I would want it. But because you're right, time is one of the most underrated and least talked about resources in dynasty. Mm-hmm. It's all about the time you have to wait. You know, you only get 16 weeks of actual playing time here, and the rest of the time you're just waiting. Um, and even then, you don't even know if these guys who had a good year one year are going to have a good year next year or are going to be good again. Um, so so time's a huge thing because every team's got a limited window to try to get that ch- that championship. And if you think you're in it now, then by all means, go all in. Find that Find that owner like yourself who's clearly in rebuild mode. Take their stars. Give you all the draft capital in the world to go do what you need to go do. And, you know, make it happen for both sides. Like, that's what ends up happening in Dynasty. Like, half the league is in, half the league is out.
0: Exactly. So it creates these teams that are a lot... The, the top the <clears throat> top of the league is a lot better because those are teams all going after it. They're getting all the studs. They're using all their assets that they own to go ahead and make their starting lineup and their team that much better for a championship run. Um, so it's pretty interesting. And I thought that what you did in Trinity um, really helped to helped an interesting conversation that i thought was really really interesting so you you had the first overall pick inside trinity and yep. you ended up moving the first pick uh a 2021 first and the first pick in the second round for amari cooper i want to know like was your process and thought behind it and why was amari cooper worth more than that first overall pick
1: you know for me i, I ended up talking to to Judge, justin to josh about yeah. this and I was like, the only thing I regret giving you is the 2021st. Yeah. (laughs) Not even the 1 1 this year. Like, I just don't. Um, You know, if I would have stayed, I would have taken and killed Harry. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Like, that's what I would have taken no matter what. You know, barring, you know, DK Metcalf maybe landing in Kansas City and having Patrick Mahomes as his quarterback. Mm -hmm. That would be amazing. Um, But assuming that doesn't happen because now the Chiefs traded their first, so they're not getting him. You know, it just, uh, I was like, okay, I, I like Harry. I think he's good, but I think he's can be just as good as Amari Cooper, and I don't have to wait for and kill Harry to develop. Yeah, you know, I don't have to wait the two three years for him to finally, you know, become the guy because he's got to, you know, most wide receivers don't hit the ground running from day one. Like it just doesn't happen very often. Could it? Sure, it could absolutely happen um likelihood not as great as the likelihood that he's going to take a couple of years to you know kind of fulfill on his draft capital Mm -hmm. so for me it was looking at my team and i was like all right last year i went like what one in 15 or some shit um but i had a really strong team by the end of it like i traded my way to a very strong and contending team for 2020 Mm -hmm. um and I knew that the only thing I was lacking was wide receivers. You know, my number one guy was Dante Pettis. Mm-hmm. If I did nothing this offseason, he was who I was looking at as my number one wide receiver. Um, and then Michael Gallup, which again, they are two rookies from last year. But they might need another year. They might not. I don't know. Um, but that's the thing. I don't know what they need in order to finally be good. Um, what I do know is that Amari Cooper moved to Dallas, and instantly became a star. And I'm willing to bet that that's going to continue to happen because him and Dak Prescott seem to have a very natural chemistry with one another, and I'm happy to bet on that.
0: 100%. And The thing thing is with that 101 is that pick, as good as we think that player is there, whether it's DK Metcalf, Nikhil Harry, whoever it is, we are just hoping that that player becomes as good as Amari Cooper is. Because Amari Cooper has been a very good... And he's been a success. He's had multiple 1,000-yard rece- seasons. And it's interesting because he's still not even viewed as a top 5, top 10 receiver in the NFL. But yet he's still viewed as a success. And that's more valuable than the unknown of a wide receiver. Because the likelihood of that pick at number 1 becoming b- like in the tier of like an Odell or a Hopkins it's still small it's still small no matter how much you like that player
1: yeah exactly i mean amari cooper's got three top 24 seasons since he's entered the league no one else since then has even come close to him and even if you go just a season before that in 2014 you've got two guys with four seasons and one guy with five so he's right there in that elite echelon of guys who deliver from a fantasy perspective do i care that he drops balls no I do not care that he drops balls because I just care that he's going to get a shit ton of targets because that makes up for any drop passes he does have. Um, I mean, if you look back at the history of NFL leading drop pass, you know, receivers and tight ends, it's a who's who of hall of fame players. So no, I don't care that he drops passes. Um, what I do care is that he's going to be peppered with an insane amount of targets, like, you know, 150 or so. That's what I care about. And he's set up in Dallas to do just that. Um, But yeah, it's definitely the battle of the known versus unknown. And I'm not going to, I know what I'm going to get, likely going to get in Amari Cooper. I have no idea what I'm going to get in In Inkil Harry or Hakeem Butler or any of these other guys. And I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I know better than anyone else. I'd rather let someone else take that risk, let them figure it out. And then meanwhile, I'll still get a consistent wide receiver from Amari Cooper.
0: Miguel, how much do you think these past two rookie classes? Have many have transformed our perspective on how um, successful these rookie picks actually are?
1: I don't know. I mean, that's tough to say. I mean, I'm not in everyone's mind to be able to <laughs> tell you one way or the other, how much has transformed anyone's views. But, you know, you look at someone like Aaron Sanders, who does not value draft picks one bit. I mean, he'd trade the next five years for, you know, a DeAndre Hopkins in a league if he could. Yeah. Um, i mean the dude just doesn't give a shit and so he's definitely on like one end of the spectrum and then you've got guys on on the other end who you know want to hoard every pick possible so you've got your your jasons of the world in alpha or or josh and trinity who's got every first round pick this year <laughs> seriously <laughs> um and and that's fine like the thing is, is you just got to like have a strategy. Like that's the most important thing when it comes to dynasty is just have a strategy, have a plan. Like I'm seeing what you're doing right now in matrix and I can tell you have a plan and you're executing it to perfection at the moment. (laughs) And I totally see what you're doing and I hope it works out for you. And AK has a plan that he thinks he can get, you know, Keenan Allen and take him to a championship run or at least a playoff run or something. And that's great. And I've got a plan that I think I've, put into place that can get me not only into the playoffs but deep into the playoffs Um, so the point is like have a plan stick to it you know as things happen adjust a little bit but like stay on course as much as possible and and believe in what you're doing but if you're the guy who's going you know six and seven and you know you're constantly drafting middle of the pack and you don't know if you're rebuilding or you don't know if you're a contender you're the mark of the league
0: the mark the (laughs) mark
1: you got to have a plan.
0: That's true. That's true. You have to have a plan when it comes to your teams and the way that you're viewing these guys. Um, because at the end of the day, it's like like you said, it's either you're either going for it, you're trying to win now, or you're trying to build a competitive team in the future to where you can be that team that has a chance right. to win.
1: Right. Absolutely. I mean, it, it, let's say for whatever reason, AK wins this year in Matrix. Mm-hmm. That would be absolutely 100% worth
0: it.
1: 100%. Right? Like, you got your name on the trophy, you're taking home the money, whatever you gave up was completely worth it because it obviously helped you win. Um, now, I don't know if he's got the team to do that or not, I don't know what any of your teams in Matrix look like, but if it if it helps him win, he even gets him to the championship and gets him second place, I'd still say that was worth it. Mm-hmm. And once you get there, like, it's, it's a crapshoot, you just don't know how that day's going to turn out for you, but... Uh, um, you know, the point is just getting there, right? So, you know, hopefully it works out for him. Uh, uh, you know, he's he's always... The, the thing about AK is that even if it doesn't, he's always trading, so he'll be able to work his way out of any hole that he gets himself into.
0: Yeah, one thing when it comes to AK I think is really interesting was the fact of how he acquired those picks. He traded Jay Jai for a 2020 first-round pick. He traded...
1: See, that's a steal right there. That is an... Someone offered me a first for JHI today. I'd take Hundred percent. I'd smash accept that offer. Hundred percent. That is a fool. So like, okay, no one praised him for that deal, but everyone's shitting on him for this. Like, do you see how it ended up balancing out? Yeah. Anyways, once you look at it, I always look at all my deals as an aggregate, not as an individual. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I always look at everything that I'm doing in a season and going, all right, did all this make sense for me? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, did I give up a little here, but then got a little more on this end, and that seems to be what AK did right there. Hundred anyway, percent. Go
0: ahead. Hundred percent. He still has a twenty twenty first to work with. Like he had, he had three, and he gave me two of them, and he traded his twenty twenty first as well. So I think AK, if you look, if you look at the total amount of players that he traded those picks for and what he got back, I mean, it's not a bad deal. He traded a Ajayi, two first round picks. And Tyler Boyd for Keenan Allen and a first round pick. Like, that's not exactly a terrible trade if you're looking at no. it. No.
1: No, no, yeah. If you look at it like that, that's really not that bad of a deal. I mean, Jay Ajayi is probably going to be a running back by committee guy the rest of his career at this point. <laughs> Tyler Boyd seems good. I like Tyler Boyd. Um, but again, he's stuck in Cincinnati, and A.J. Green's still the guy. You know, as far as we know, that the wheels on A.J. Green could fall off this year. Who knows? Um, and then, yeah, he still has a first round pick to deal with next year. Great, That's exactly what you want. You want at least one for the year after. Um, I always try to keep at least one in the one in the bank to to play with and then, you know, kind of see what I want to do with it. And I think as long as you always have at least a draft pick to to play around with it, gives you flexibility for your team the following year.
0: 100%. Now, I think I think an interesting topic here is just the value of of, of studs or veterans versus actual rookie picks. How many players do you think in Dynasty are worth more than the first overall pick in this year's draft?
1: How many do I think are worth more? Yeah. Jesus, a lot? Like 30, 35? Sure. I mean, I wouldn't even know how to begin to quantify that. But, I mean, it would be... Yeah, it would be a lot. There's a lot of guys I would rather have than the 101 this year. Um, probably take, you know, thirty, thirty-five. 35 Let me think about that. You're probably more in the 20s 20. if I'm going to like quickly ballpark it. But, yeah, there's probably about 20 to 25 guys I'd rather have.
0: So if there's the 20 to 25 one. players that are worth more than the first overall pick, how much are those players actually when it, worth when it comes to total rookie picks, like picks that are like in the mid-first round or, or late-first round? Like, How then do we quantify what those players are worth? Because it's got to be more worth than... If the first overall pick is worth. isn't worth as much as 20 to 25 players, then that means that those players are worth a good amount in just rookie picks, correct?
1: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, I've been waiting to see if anyone's willing to kind of step up in alpha and, and offer me a, a boatload for any of my guys, and no one has, and so I haven't bitten on anything. Like I said, uh, I don't know if I mentioned it in this one. I know we got cut off earlier, but, uh, you know, someone approached me with two 2019 firsts for Mike Evans yesterday, and I said, no, I just have no interest in that. Um, Mike Evans is worth more to my team this year than two 19 firsts, and... If I decide I want to move on from Evans next year, guess what? I can still get to first for him, hundred percent, and and still get that. So I can get the production this year and still get the same equal draft capital next year. So wh- why move him today? Um, but yeah, I think there's there's a handful of guys that are worth you know two three. Yeah, you know, I think once you get into Saquon Barkley, that's probably where you're getting like four. It all depends what years you're getting them in, right? right. Like, say next year someone wants to trade for my Saquon Barkley in Trinity, yeah, I'm going to want, like, four first-round picks in, like, that year, at least three in that year, mm-hmm. minimum, um, to, to make it worthwhile, right? If you start offering me, you know, stuff, like, two, three years down the line, then it's going to be like, all right, well, I'm going to have to wait forever to, to return the value on that, so mm-hmm. you're going to have to give me more to
0: make that worthwhile 100% now let's talk let's talk about this because this was a discussion that we had had a few months back I was trying to get Saquon Barkley from you I had offered you Chris Godwin my first round pick this year which ended up being the fourth pick in two twenty twenty first, 21st and you just kind of immediately rejected that because like Saquon Barkley is I mean at the end of the day like a lot of those guys are unknowns we don't know where this pick's gonna land it's like it's like I was willing to do that because I know Saquon is just going to be a dynamite asset for the next five, six years at at the running back position. Right. But it's like Chris Godwin, yeah, I mean, he has a chance to really break out and be a good wide receiver. That pick, the fourth pick, could end up being a good player. But those two 2021s, they could end up being anywhere in the draft. Like, like the only way that you end up winning that trade is if that pick ends up being like, both those picks end up being like top five picks, you know? So.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I would have... The trade sounds nice, but at the same time, right, here's where the value doesn't make sense for me is I'm ready to compete for a championship in Trinity today. Mm -hmm. And so why would I give up a chance at the championship for that? Yeah. Like that doesn't make any like you're telling me that okay, you're going to not win next year, and here's what you get. So that's what that offer is. So for me to trade Barkley in Trinity. You've got to make me literally the biggest godfather offer anyone's ever seen. And you're not going to do it. And I don't expect anyone to do it. But that's what it would take because you're going to basically tell me you're not going to win next year. Maybe you can win a couple of years down the line. Here's all of the stuff you could use. Um, so for me, I'd rather take bet on myself and, and try to win then then take that offer that you that you gave me so that's what went through my head
0: 100 percent, and i think i think a lot of people share that same mindset when it comes to their teams the, the, these these teams that have these good players say hey i can win now this year why would i trade my good players for future assets and i think i think that's when guys like keenan allen or guys of that caliber become available in leagues I think they become more valuable in a sense because there aren't that many players that are truly available inside these leagues that are, that are available via trade. So I think when you have an opportunity to get a guy like that, they're worth more than they may be worth a little more than what their actual value is because of what the market is really showing with these players.
1: Yeah. And sometimes it's okay to overspend a little, if it means getting the guy you want, like, sometimes you just have to do that. That's just the way the market bears out. Every league, is its own market. Like you're not going to get the same trade. You know, I'm not going to get four firsts in alpha for Keenan Allen. Mm-hmm. I own Keenan Allen. No one's ever approached me with that. <laughs> yeah. So I know that's not going to happen. Um, would I like it? Sure. That would be nice. Um, but I, I know no one's going to approach me for that and that's fine. Um but at the same time, like I'm thinking back to like out of all the outrage from from Aaron real quick, that he got one. I think Aaron anything he's involved in just generally draws <laughs> people's ire. So like, let's be honest, that's just part of it. People just love to hate on AK, so they're gonna hate on AK. Um, and then two, like, was anyone anyone who was mad about that deal? Like, did any of those people own Odell Beckham or DeAndre Hopkins or maybe even Mike Thomas? And were they ready to trade any of those players for that exact deal? I'm going to venture a guess and say the answer is no. Mm-hmm. So if none of them were able to go into Smash accept that deal for what would have been considered equal, then isn't this just fine?
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, he, like,
1: said- he wasn't going to get anything better, so this is the best he could do.
0: 100%. And that's what he did. I think he reached out for, like, Mike Evans and Michael Thomas and, like, I'm assuming you got turned down because, I mean, it, it, the whole time right. it was always...
1: Because no one else probably wanted to wait. No one wanted to wait 18 months to maybe get something. Um, and that's completely understandable. So if everyone else is turning them down, then this is where the market took them. Mm-hmm. Because you were the only one that said, yeah, I'll take down that deal. I'll take that
0: risk. 100%. It's, just, it's, it's a funny like, thing. It's like, I've Keenan Allen and Trinity as well. If someone offered me that same deal in Trinity... I'm not doing that trade. You know why? Because my team's ready to win now and I, I'm not willing to give up Keenan to wait for two to three years for my team when my team's already good now. So it's like the only reason I was doing that trade in Matrix is because I understand that Keenan's one of my most valuable assets and that's a good way for me to really help jumpstart my rebuilding process.
1: Right, yeah. If that trade was like two early, like top five 2019 firsts and then two random 2020s,
0: that's oh, that would have been, been terrible. That's a slam dunk right there.
1: Yeah, that's just 100% that would have been in your favor. This, at the end of the day, maybe will be in your favor. Maybe not. We'll see. (laughs) Yeah,
0: that's that's really it. It's we'll see because we don't know where these picks are going to land. And (laughs) history shows that the top three to four picks of a rookie draft have a much, much higher success rate than anywhere else in the draft because that's where you're getting... The studs, that's where you're getting the Amari Coopers, the Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott's. That's where those guys are found, and really trying to hit on guys after that is a much tougher task that you really have to do your research and find the Juju Smith-Schuster's, the Odell Beckham's, like David Johnson's. Those guys are really hard to find, and there's only usually one to maybe two in a draft class that you're really able to find past a certain point where you can get that stud value back.
1: Right. And you know, I always think of it like I don't know how many people in here are family guy fans or if you're a family yeah, guy yeah. fan, but it always brings me back to that scene where Peter Griffin wins a boat <laughs> and consider the 101 a boat and then and then the the TV host offers him either the boat or what's in the mystery box <laughs> and Lois is like, "Well, take the boat he's all but I can have the mystery box because it could be anything." It <laughs> And that's what the one on one was for me. Like, sure, it could be a better version of Amari Cooper, or an equal version of Amari Cooper, or it could be absolutely nothing, or I could just take Amari Cooper now.
0: Oh my god, that's so funny. That is <laughs> that. That's a great. That is an amazing way to put that it. That is because... literally
1: like the quintessential way of looking at dynasty picks. Is you could either take something you know is true to be today or hope that whatever that you're passing on is also going to be true. Mm-hmm. But how much do you... Like, how confident are you that that's going to be the case? Because I'm literally 50-50 confident.
0: 100%. I don't and that's at the first pick. Imagine you at the 10th pick. Now what are the chances? Like,
1: Right. Um. Yeah, I mean, it just goes down from there. I mean, I think, like, once you get past, so, oh, 3, 5? You're looking three. at a 30% hit rate, and, like, a hit rate is loosely defined. And then... After that, you're, you know, ten percent or so. Like, it's just, eh. Even yep. in the stronger classes, it's just eh. So, take what you can that that you know is going to help, and then, you know, hopefully it doesn't cost you too much. And in the end, I mean, even if it does, then hopefully it all worked out for your team, anyways. Like, sometimes you got to overpay a little, and, and that's okay. That's you just got to be aware that you did that, and you got to figure out a way maybe to overcome that in another deal or maybe you already did earlier like seems like AK did with Jay Ajayi so um, you know if he never traded Jay Ajayi you would have never gotten Keenan Allen
0: yeah exactly so I, I said she traded trade
1: Jay Ajayi to get you Keenan Allen
0: <laughs> yeah uh, you gotta take that every time if you can do that so it's like an interesting thing where um, how, much, how much do you think a top 3 pick is worth in comparative to like the eighth pick in a rookie draft like if you let's say you have the second pick in a rookie draft what would somebody what do you think the value of that pick is in a trade back to the 108 do you think it's multiple first round picks on top
1: multiple um i would say it's at least one
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know it always, it always depends on the strength of the class True. and kind of what you're after right like if I think the guy that I like is going to be there at one eight, uh-huh. and I can still fill a need or you know go deeper in one position because the, the talent is just better, um, then you know yeah that makes sense. I'll take an extra draft pick and I'll I'll move back. Um, nothing wrong there. But if you know if there's only like one really good running back or something and he's going in the top five and you've got that pick to do it. You know, and you need a running back, then maybe it's going to right, require you to to gain a little bit more um, to move back from that because obviously that would fill a need for you. So a little bit dependent, but I would say at least just an extra first to, to move you back from two to
0: eight. Yeah, so if you're at two and you drop down to eight, and that's worth two first-round picks. That means a player at two is worth two first-round picks. And we had touched on that 20 to 25 players were worth more than the number one overall pick, so that would mean that all those players are worth roughly three first round picks, or, or more, yeah. in a sense. So, easily, it's like if you use that logic to really value how these picks are, in each other, it's like these players are worth a lot more than I feel like some markets would dictate. Like if you if you're if you're asking and you say, hey, Keenan Allen's not worth four first round picks. Well, define why those picks aren't worth Keenan Allen. Like, if you're trying to find that, I, if I find it harder and harder to really justify how he's not worth that, And my asking yeah. price never diminished from that. And I knew that if I didn't get four first-round picks from Keenan Allen, I wasn't trading him because nobody's going to offer me anything close to what what I felt like he was actually worth in terms of rookie picks and young assets.
1: Right. Yeah, I mean, right now, as we look ahead, I think the you know people are already getting hyped on the 2020 class as, it happens every year we always get hyped on the classic's coming in after because it's just the way it goes mm-hmm. got to get something to get excited about um, but it could very well turn into a whole lot of nothing mm-hmm. um, and the twenty one the twenty twenty one class uh could also end up being you know really weak too, and then you really didn't get a whole lot so yeah just uh it it depends
0: a hundred percent one hundred percent and yeah it- it's just it's one of those things that I find just really interesting um Miguel I really appreciate you joining me here today because it's a top- it's a topic that hasn't been discussed yet and i and I really think that it was really interesting to discuss this and and I'm really interested to hear some of the feedback from this podcast to see um just like other viewpoints uh, other way people value rookie picks and hopefully just creates a better I, I think I think just understanding what they're actually worth in comparison to everything will just help create a better market in terms of trading where everything is more efficient, everything is running a lot smoother and there's more of a defined more of a defined value on what these picks are. Yeah.
1: I mean just you know, as I said earlier, have a plan, like have a personal feeling of what you think they're worth. Um you know, maybe you undervalue them more than others, maybe you overvalue them more than others. I mean, everyone's gonna have kind of a different rating system. You know, earlier this year in Alpha, I had the 112 or something like that, and I was immediately looking to get rid of that and get one for next year, because I'd rather take my shot next year and see if the class is any better than, than stick around for this one, and cause I just didn't feel like the pick would really help me much in terms of trying to win this year in Alpha and maybe i could have gotten a little bit more like maybe i should have added asked for a second on top but i was happy just to do the one for one swap Uh like end of the day i was willing to take that but was it a bit of a discount sure at the end of the day it's discount today will it be a discount on the day that i pick this time next year probably not
0: 100 percent. all right well we're going to be signing off here this is a short little little podcast for everyone there but um thank you miguel for joining me today um Enjoyed having this conversation and excited to hear what everyone else thinks about it
1: yeah man good talking with you talk. chat soon
0: peace